Acting, sweating, gyrating, and possible relationship issues. I'm sorry. Got me feeling it. You ain't got to go. There it was, right there. That's when the Super Bowl halftime show should have started. That's how they should have come out of it. Right there. That's when I started going, okay, here we go. Why did you wait 18 minutes to get this thing pumped up? Anyways, welcome to the Green Zone. I'm Jamie and I hope everybody enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday. The the halftime show was for the first what, 15 minutes? I go, one. I'm like, okay, you're, do we need love ballads right now? Really? We need, like, and the singing. If you can sing a ballad and you are performing and your vocals are unbelievable, you can, but I was just like, okay, let's move it along here. We know what's coming. We know, yeah, is coming up. One of the most popular club songs of all time. Ludacris showed up. But, yeah, I was the last, what was it, two minutes? That was the, boom, there's a memorable moment for a Super Bowl halftime show. Just waited way too long to get there. What did you think of the halftime show, everybody? You can let me know. What did you think of the Canadian commercials? Um, Wasn't paying much attention to them, to be quite honest. Seen a lot of them before, as is usual when you watch the Canadian commercials. Because there's not... Much originality, a lot of trailers uh, for those who went back and watched some of the American commercials uh, for upcoming movies. But as for the game itself, like the halftime show, started slow, ended in memorable fashion. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. Okay, Tony Romo. Let Jim take care of it, all right? Like, let's go here. What I was... He jumps into analyst mode right away at a moment when it should be about the celebration, the team, the history, all that stuff. But the Kansas City Chiefs did what almost everybody thought they were going to do. They were going to play solid defense, and Patrick Mahomes was going to outplay Brock Purdy. Going into the game, that was the predictions. Now, it was close. It was close. The 49ers had a lead going into the final minute of that football game until Harrison Butker hit another field goal to tie it and send it to overtime. And there's there's a lot to discuss here on the Green Zone today around the Super Bowl. And one of them is the strategy of Kyle Shanahan. They won the toss in overtime, and they took the ball first, which is great in the regular season. Regular season, you get the ball first, you score a touchdown game over, you'll go home. 
in the playoffs, the other team gets the ball no matter what happens, unless, of course, it's a defensive touchdown. Like Purdy throws a pick six. You're not going to kick it off to Kansas City. They'll just kneel it down and game's over anyways. So the 49ers take the ball first, kick a field goal, which allows Kansas City to end the game with a touchdown, which they did, as you just heard the clip. I would have taken the ball second. I would have kicked off. Put the defense out there. Some people, oh, the defense were gassed. Kyle Shanahan explained after it had nothing to do with the defense. All right. We went and talked to our analytics department, and our analytics department decided that, you know, this would be the best strategy based on what history exactly. This is the first playoff game where this has happened since they changed the rule. So I don't know what analytics the analytics department's looking at here that you rely on. Because once Kansas, that's why you saw Brock Purdy driving the field. They show Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all them on the sideline. They look like they're at the beach. They're like, oh, yeah, they're going to whatever. Score, don't care. We get the ball and we're just going to counter. And what happened? What happened? Field goal, Chiefs touchdown, game over. You get the ball second. You also know you what you need to do. The Chiefs had to go for it on fourth down but they knew they had to go for it on fourth down. You have so much more knowledge of the game when you have the ball the second time. So another blemish on Kyle Shanahan, who also, again, in a Super Bowl in the third quarter, forgot about the run game like he did when he was the offensive coordinator of Atlanta when they had a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. The lead wasn't that big, of course, but they they were up 10 nothing in that football game. Another double-digit lead blown by Kyle Shanahan as a coach or offensive coordinator in a Super Bowl. But what did you think of that decision to take the ball first? Or what Kansas City was just like, oh, they're taking the ball first? Great. If Andy Reid said if they would have won the toss, they would have kicked off and taken the ball second anyways. And when Andy Reid makes that decision with the amount of football knowledge he has gained, I'm on Andy Reid's side. As the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, they are a dynasty. I've seen other sports shows. Are they a dynasty? Of course they're a dynasty. They've been to the Super Bowl four times in five years. They've won three of those four tries, losing once to Tom Brady. They've, the other time they didn't make the Super Bowl in those five years, they're in the AFC Championship game. This is a dynasty. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the same age Tom Brady was when he won his third. Tom Brady took nine years. He was 30, 37 after winning his third at the age of 28. I'm interested to see what Patrick Mahomes does. It, it, it appears to me this Chiefs team is built to win again and again. They have some young players coming up, especially on that defense, a few on offense. With Patrick Mahomes under contract, I hate it. I'm a Raider fan. Okay, I hate it. Because they're in the division. But let's be real. I'm just being honest. The Chiefs aren't done yet. Also, here on the Green Zone today, I would like to start, as you might have seen my tweet last night, I want to thank Taylor Swift. I, I really do. Not that 
you know, her purpose in life was to hook up with a football player. So a bigger audience watched the Super Bowl. But when I'm getting texts, I was out with some friends last night. When I'm getting texts from my 12 year old daughter, and I think she described the situation beautifully via text last night. Tie game, 1919, and this is all capitalized, by the way. This is amazingly stressful. I was like, yes. For anybody, why do you love sports so much? It's amazingly stressful. It's not stressful to the point of depression and anxiety. It's just amazingly stressful. And the only reason my daughter would be watching was Taylor Swift. And she was very much engaged in that football game and the result of it. So for parents everywhere, who it's like, am I the only one that cares? And now more people in the household care because of Taylor Swift? Thank you to Taylor Swift for that moment. And of course, uh, at the end of the game, she was very happy. Shouting out Isaiah Pacheco. Now she knows Isaiah Pacheco all of a sudden. Like, what? Pacheco and uh, Nicole Hardman, he scored the touchdown. Who are you? What? 12 years old. But So thanks for your uh, Taylor Swift for that moment last night uh, with Super Bowl 58. There's some other things we need to talk about. Absolute unreal stuff in the desert for Nick Taylor. Another playoff win. Nick Taylor, the Canadian, wins the Waste Management Open during the Super Bowl. During the Super Bowl. It was Nick Taylor, so you might have missed it yesterday. And we'll talk about the debauchery of the Waste Management Open, where they actually stopped selling booze on Saturday because it was a mess. Oh, and we'll have to talk about this as well on the Green Zone today. Don't take a clapper into an empty net. That's against the code. That unwritten rule book nobody knows about until the moment happens. And then you go, oh, I think that's a violation of the code. And you cross-check someone into the head. Morgan Riley has a had an in-person hearing with the Toronto Maple Leafs because uh, really Greg um, took a slap shot into an empty net. The head coach of the Maple Leafs thought that was an appropriate reaction even though it might lead to his assistant captain and defensive player uh, on a suspension. Also here on the Green Zone today, we'll tee up tomorrow, CFL free agency. It's going to be a busy one, especially for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, as last week we were finding out who's coming to Saskatchewan to help reshape the Riders. It's going to be a busy one. First up, your reaction to Super Bowl 58, one 332 8255 this is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Taylor Swift was at the game last night. You might have noticed uh, Super Bowl 58. Uh, there was a video making its uh, way around. The post-game celebration took over a few clubs in Las Vegas. And... 
there was a moment where the DJ started playing a Taylor Swift song while Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift were there. It might have been, it actually might have been Love Story, actually, the, a remix version of it. And Travis pointed at her and started singing, and then they embraced, and it was this, oh, my goodness. Yes, uh, you. of course, they were being followed everywhere last night in Las Vegas. But that looked like a party. Post Malone was there. I was like, oh, my goodness. We're going to check in with Vegas. Uh, radio host Clay Baker is going to be here uh, from uh, Mon- uh, Tailgate Radio, uh, Raider Nation Radio, and he's going to—he's based in Vegas, so he's got a feel for Vegas. But what was Super Bowl in Vegas like? Also, of course, he was at the football game last night to assess Super Bowl uh, Fifty-Eight as the Kansas City Chiefs win their third title in five years and cement their dynasty status. Patrick Mahomes, another Super Bowl MVP. But stop, ladies and gentlemen, stop it. The whole Mahomes goat, better than Brady, he's the goat. Brady has seven, okay? Remember that. Seven Super Bowls. Mahomes has three. Looks like more are coming. But let's pause on calling Patrick Mahomes the greatest of all time. No, let's not pause. Let's stop and reassess in a decade from now. Okay, let's hope we're all still here talking sports in 10 years. And then we can have the talk about where Patrick Mahomes sits. He's climbing. I don't even think he he's not even top two. It's Tom Brady and Joe Montana right now. Patrick likely will get there, but he's not the GOAT right now. I would say not even close. Let's talk when he gets to seven. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Viva Las Vegas! Good thing Taylor does this singing uh, in that relationship. That was Travis Kelsey celebrating a Super Bowl championship in Las Vegas last night in an overtime victory over the San Francisco 49ers. McCole Hardman, the hero, catching that touchdown pass uh, from Patrick Mahomes. Watch that playback. If you find the video, watch it back. Watch Travis Kelsey on that play. He gets off the line, and he's looking at the jumbo. He knows what's happening. He's like, this guy sucked into me. Hardman's wide open. He's just watching. He's looking up at the screen. Hey, we won the Super Bowl, and we are going to go to Las Vegas right now. Clay Baker is joining us. He is the host of the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, Clay, what was it like to have a Super Bowl in Las Vegas? Oh, it was mythic, you know, because for so many years, Las Vegas was never really considered like a legitimate city to even be a pro team and to be a pro sports town. And now when you think about after all these years of being the NFL's, you know, enemy, now everybody's good chums and everybody's having a good time. And to think that Las Vegas is that epicenter, that party town for everybody, regardless if it's a sporting event, 
to think that the NFL's biggest party came to Las Vegas and had such a great time. Uh, it's, it was actually euphoric to see it all happen, and it was a dizzying last 10 days, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't imagine uh, having to get up this morning after an overtime Super Bowl to do radio, um, but right. uh, let, let's let's go to the game itself on how that played out. Um, when you look at Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime, how special is that duo? It's amazing to think what can be done when uh, you know everybody is on, in sync. But yet, it's almost like after all these years, Andy Reid found like the ultimate quarterback to run what he needs to do, and then some. But to think that Mahomes, like even the leading rusher of the Chiefs with 66 yards on the ground, 333 through the air, there's nothing he can't do. But let's also think, maybe the sky's the limit right now, Jimmy, because there's more titles on the way. You could almost feel it the way, as young as that Chiefs defense is, this is probably just the beginning of more and more. Uh, how could you go against that? No, uh, Travis Kelsey isn't retiring. Uh, not yet, anyways. Not sure how many more no. years. But behind that, you have Isaiah Pacheco. You have Rashi Rice, who came on late in the season. He's a rookie. Pacheco's in his second year. As you mentioned, that young defense... I was. You're, everybody's comparing it to Tom Brady and the Patriots. The Patriots won three. It took them nine years to win their fourth. I don't think that's going to be the case here with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like all they have to do is just go and find a little bit more here or a little bit more there. There never has to be some sort of like retooling of the defense or offense. And, and you know what? It felt like even this year's Chiefs team was one of their more vulnerable teams. It wasn't like the team that felt like you know, they had all the tools and everything was firing all at once. It wasn't like it was the greatest wide receiver position group. Like the depth and the wide receiver uh, spots were it was kind of scanty and unreliable. Yet they totally got it done. And after all that was said and done, they did it in their own remarkable fashion. Like you said, coming in, you know, down 10 nothing, and in that maverick sort of way, the Chiefs go and win it. And I have a feeling like, this time next year, they're probably still going to be in the mix because even as the 49ers was probably the most solid team you could face, they still didn't have enough firepower to keep up with Mahomes and Andy Reid and Kelsey and even Chris Jones on the line. Wow, Chris Jones got nasty last night. <laughs> Yo, some people have already texted that Chris Jones should have been the MVP of that football game instead of Patrick Mahomes. Now, Mahomes, mm-hmm. it's always going to go the quarterback, but that defense was relentless. Uh, their defensive coordinator called a great game as well as not only Andy Reid on offense, um, and and they're young. Like, of course, Chris Jones is not young, but that is going. That defense is just going to get better, I think. Clay. Yeah, it's weird because you know today, like on Raider Nation, everyone was like thinking because uh, Raider Nation absolutely hates the Chiefs as much as they hate the Forty ers It was difficult for them to find which one you hate the most, the lesser of two evils. But the fact is that the day after, even Raider Nation's like, how do you like find the cheat code to beat Kansas City? <laughs> like, is there anything that you could glean from any of these games in the playoffs that you say, all right, you know what, maybe this year is your year? You almost have to go in de facto and be like, the best we could do is second place. You know, the best the Raiders could ever do is always behind what Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City have put up this amazing, excellent standard that nobody can beat. And it's like even for the sports books yesterday, there was people trying to just, you know, sports were just like, please, and somebody take the 49ers because we're going to get beat over the head with this Chiefs money, and they did. But even the books, bookmakers were still wondering, like, how can we even, like, 
find the cheat code against Kansas City. Nobody can. Did Vegas did Vegas actually lose last night? Like usually the house wins in Vegas, but I don't know if that's the case with the Chiefs victory because everybody was going Chiefs. Everyone was going Chiefs, and no, the best way to find out, like, all right, which side should I pick? Always ask a bookmaker which side do you want, okay? Because that's the one that they want to dangle the money out. And if you have like the Chiefs as a plus two favorite or plus two underdog, rather, it's almost like dangle, dangle. Here's the carrot. We know we're going to take in all that money. And this giant sucking sound is coming on the 49ers side. Like, where's the money? Where's the money? And they just didn't get enough because even the most casual fan is going to play the Chiefs because you see Patrick, you see Taylor Swift. You just get beat over the head with all this commercialism on their side. And it's like I, you just de facto put in your money for the, the Chiefs. And even all these years, when I used to look at boxing and I used to cover boxing, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Toward the last six fights, I was like, you know what? Tonight's the night. Somebody's going to beat him. I'm going to go the underdog, and I would just lose my money. It would just be so sad. I was like, what am I not seeing? Why not? Can I stop being contrarian for one second? <laughs> and I would. And, and that's what it's like. Floyd Mayweather Jr., Patrick Mahomes, they're undefeated. Don't bet against Mahomes. It was starting to feel that um, way with don't bet against Brady. At a certain time, Clay Baker joining us, uh, host of Morning Tailgate, uh, Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas, the host city for Super Bowl 58. Let's flip the ball over to the San Francisco 49ers side. What does this do to the narrative of Brock Purdy in the game manager as he was oh so close of knocking off the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I thought he played pretty good. But, you know, I think even you and I would probably be thinking before the game, you would still have to outplay Mahomes to beat Kansas City. And that's so an, uh, such an unrealistic expectation. But at the same time, I think he did enough to win a game. At the, at, at the very least, at least he wasn't, you know, turning the ball over left and right, even though McCaffrey did and some other guys. You know, they had a hard time keeping hold of the ball. But for Brock Purdy, I would have to think, like, still – He's, he's got the the name and the conversation of being a very good quarterback and possibly even great, but it's Shanahan. It's that window for the Niners. They have built such a great job of defense and offense. There's a top 12 player at every position on that team, but yet their window is starting to close. This was that year, and they totally messed it up. And I don't know if you can like go back and really like you know harm you know you know, Harper on like. All right, did he make the wrong calls by not going for it on fourth down? Did he go for it? Uh, did you feel like maybe he didn't do enough to let everybody know the players on what to do during the you know overtime and the playoff rules uh, that were so different than the regular season? One thing for certain is that now doubt is starting to creep in in San Francisco that, you know what, if we, what more can you do to build a winner? How long can you hold on to trying to build a championship team? And right now it feels like the window is like three, four shut now in San Francisco. Okay, uh, if you're a coach in a Super Bowl going to overtime, now that we have example number one of the new rules, are you taking the ball first or are you kicking it off? I'm kicking it off to see what I have to do next. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm kicking it off, therefore I have to understand, all right, do I need a field goal or a touchdown? It's going to change completely the complexion of my attitude of what I need to do. And I... Uh, I just felt like they that's a, just another blown opportunity to understand and have that awareness of being a championship coach. Okay, of course, the Super Bowl is a lot more than just the game. The halftime show, uh, what, what was the sense you got from Usher's performance with all the special guests that came out near the end? 
Yeah, I uh, I had a chance to watch Usher in November at his show uh, here in Las Vegas to kind of see, like, all right, wonder what he's kind of preparing for because uh, he wanted this to be really special. What I loved about it, you know, because sometimes at a, when you're at a game, you don't necessarily see what the TV is going to see. But he spread that coverage all the way out. It wasn't on stage. It was the first time I saw somebody get off the stage and kind of, like, you know, move all the way down 100 yards to get to, like, a certain spot to make sure that everybody was entertained. They had roller skating. They had Ludacris, you know, Alicia Keys. Everybody was out there. Little John, I loved it. And I, the, the crowd went absolutely nuts when Little John and Ludacris came out there. So I have a feeling like in Las Vegas, when you're in the entertainment capital of the world, you really got to have something solid that nobody else is going to, like, you know, figure out. And I think Usher finally did it. And, you know, perhaps it's, uh, the music is maybe not on the current edge of what a modern audience may like. But contemporary-wise, I think yeah, that's exactly the kind of name and star power they were looking for, because Las Vegas is always trying to do that. And, of course, the post-game party, it looked like uh, Taylor and Travis had a great time in some of the clubs around Las Vegas last night, uh, from all indications. Yeah, from all indications, it looked like there was a high level of spending uh, over at Resorts World where they were uh, taking all comers on. And, like, what more would you expect? And I think that's the thing about the NFL was really maybe you ask, why did they want Las Vegas to be an NFL town? And I think overall we're getting that message is that 31 other billionaire owners wanted to go and have a place where they could party on the NFL's biggest party week. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, it was it was a big party for the winners, the victors. But I think it was the billionaire owners that really, really had the best part of it. And it makes me feel like maybe 2028, the Super Bowl comes back to Las Vegas. Okay, um, let's let's go way out there, ridiculous uh, day after Super Bowl predictions. Um, the Niners are the favorite to win Super Bowl 59. Ch- the Chiefs are number two. I, I'm i still going with the Chiefs over the 49ers in that bet as well. I mean, do you, do you want to get in front of that train? Do you want to like sit there and tempt fate? Because it's almost like if what would you need? What would the Niners need to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? They would need another like you know uh, some sort of a defensive player to stop Mahomes. No, another player on an offense to be a uh, you know a game record, perhaps like a Tyreek Hill. Well, good luck, you know, because you're not going to find that. Here's the thing: what about a team that is so hungry that they need to get there as badly as San Francisco? What if this is the moment? where the Dallas Cowboys are able to go and ascend to that lofty position. Can you think of another team that has more unmet expectations and blown opportunities than Dallas? Why not Dallas? Why not Dallas? A final, of course, at the game, um, how, what was the crowd reaction in the stadium when Taylor Swift slammed that beer? <laughs> it was freakishly quiet until that point. It was weird how quiet things got until that actually happened. And, you know, I think uh, that's the kind of inspiration and motivation everybody else needs. If you see her slam a beer, then it's almost like you start looking around like, well, i got to do that, too. <laughs> I'm not going to get outdone by Taylor Swift. This is off Vegas. Yeah. It's my time. Clay, very much uh, appreciate you taking the time of the day after Super Bowl 58 from Las Vegas. Always appreciate it. Uh, and thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I absolutely love your show. Thanks again. That is Clay Baker. Uh, the host of Morning Tailgate, Raider Nation Radio. It hurt, I'll be honest. As a Raider fan, it hurt seeing the Chiefs slam that Chiefs flag at center field at Allegiant Stadium. Hate it. Gross. They haven't lost there yet, by the way. They're 5-0. and 
5-0 and in that stadium. Vegas beat them this year. The Raiders beat them. It was the last time the Chiefs lost a game was to the Raiders. The Raiders beat them at Arrowhead, and that was the moment Andy Reid says woke them up. It was their, like, come-to-Jesus moment for this season. So, Chiefs fans, you're welcome from us in Raider Nation. This day in sports next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Bridge Farm remembers. Chicago with the lead. It is Joe Sackick. Scores. Gio Sackick. Scores. Well, this is timely. Uh, this day in sports history, February the 12th. What were you doing last year? Hurts looking for a block, and he gets there. He's in. Mahomes, pressure, lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Holding, number 24, defense. Butker up, got it, and the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Yes, it was exactly a year ago today. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles to win their second Super Bowl. And 364 days later, yesterday, they go back to 